Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die and Combat, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. So it's time to fucking get the wax out of your fucking ears. That's right, we say fuck a lot. Right here on the Rock and Metal Combat Fucking Podcast. Hey everybody, it's me, Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die and a new band called Combat. And uh, you are listening to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with my drunk compadre, Ian from New Orleans. Hi, Ian. Hello. Yes. I'm, all, I'm, I'm drunk. Yeah, like a lot of people don't know, we do this on Skype and we actually have each other on video. So I get to watch Ian drunk and stumble all over the place. It's quite, it's quite, uh, it's quite entertaining. So maybe I don't know. Maybe one day with technology, somebody will help us put it on video. Uh, we well, well, as long as we can do CGI. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah make, have, make me look better. And and pterodactyls flying around us and shit. <laughs> That'd be awesome, you know. And. Um, this week, we are going to review what I consider probably the most underrated band ever in the United States of America, because in Europe, they get it, where over here, we only get like a song or two on the radio, uh, Thin Lizzy, what a great, great, great band, um, unfortunately, uh, these days, a lot of hipsters like Thin Lizzy, which sucks, but uh, I was into Thin Lizzy oh, ever since I bought uh bad reputation in the 70s I, I found that album in a bargain bin and I figured let me give it a shot let me buy this Thin Lizzy album for like two bucks or something and boy that changed my life I was like whoa this is a great band and I went on after that to buy um, Jailbreak um, Alive and Dangerous and that was it I was hooked so every time I did find one of their albums which I believe the next one is probably Black Rose to this day, my favorite. And uh, I believe I had Chinatown, which is my least favorite. And uh, their last album, which we are going to talk about today. Thunder and Lightning, the swan song of Thin Lizzy, which at the time they were going to do a farewell tour. This album was intended to be the very last Thin Lizzy album. But you and I both know it still would have lived there would have been more Thin Lizzy albums afterwards, but unfortunately, he passed away a few years after this, and uh, this is the very last Thin Lizzy album, and in my opinion, a great way to end a great musical career. I know he hit hard times with peaks and valleys with Thin Lizzy, but they left with a heavy, heavy, their most heavy metal album, in my opinion. This album is just like metal. And what a great album. What, 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 tell us uh, your little introduction to Thin Lizzy there, Ian. Uh, well, my, my introduction would definitely be through classic rock radio. Of course, you know, Boys Are Back in Town, Jailbreak. Uh, it's pretty much what I knew. My father, who turned me on to a lot of incredible fucking uh, 60s and 70s music, wasn't a Thin Lizzy fan. Uh, but a, my best friend in high school was... His dad was. Uh, so, you know, he turned me on to other Thin Lizzy. I was like, well, let me check this out. So I got a great compilation uh, called Dedication. Uh, came out in the early 90s. 
and and just loved it. Um, but still, I, I didn't go back. I, I played the shit out of that album, but I didn't get into the to you know the albums per se that much until the last couple of years. And I've really just you know, as every passing year, I get more and more into Thin Lizzy. There's a lot I still don't know. I'm even though I have it all, uh, but I still need to listen to it more. But uh, what a great band, and I think they're very unique. Uh, nobody else sounds like Thin Lizzy to me. I mean, they're you. You could almost you can't call them metal, but they're heavier than classic rock. Uh, they're kind of in their own little niche, which I think is the mark of any great band. You know, they just it's Thin Lizzy. It, it's something unto itself. There's not there's no other bands that sound like them, and they don't sound like any other band. And that in itself is fucking incredible. Um, I love Thin Lizzy, and I know as time goes on and I get to hear more, I'm going to love them even more than I do now. So, Ralph, why don't you start out their swan song, uh, Thunder and Lightning, with the with the first track. Yes, the title track of the album, Thunder and Lightning. Um, uh, listening to, man, this song, man, it's just like, ooh, pure heaviness. But, man, listening to this song, I think to myself, boy, they were really influenced by Motorhead. Because this song is total Motorhead. Uh, no song like Thin Lizzy is like this song. Total rip-roaring fast. Has that Motorhead element. You know, other than the keyboard solo, everything else is total Motorhead. And even that keyboard solo, which I'm not a big fan of keyboard unless John Lord's playing it, um, is great. It's awesome. It's a really cool uh, little uh, solo. And then, you know, Scott Gorham who's an incredible guitar player. Actually, I think he even upped his game on this album because they hired what I consider probably top three greatest guitar players in rock metal ever, John Sykes, which is a monster, a freak of nature on guitar. But to have you know have him join, Scott Gorham's like, all right, okay. And Scott Gorham, I got to hand it to him, kept up with John Sykes, does a ripping solo on uh, Thunder and Lightning. He's the first solo. And then uh, John Sykes comes in and it's like, keeps up just fine. I mean, what a great, great song. Probably uh, not my favorite song on the album, but damn close. God damn. It's so exciting. Um, Ian, what do you think? Uh, I think this song is fucking horrible. I'm just kidding. This song is fucking amazing. (laughs) I love it. I love it. What a great combination. The great, great underrated Scott Gorham with John Sykes. Again, uh, yeah, John Sykes is an amazing guitar player. Uh, um, It has a sound all its own. I mean, and he has his place in hard rock and heavy metal. What he, what he, how he revitalized Thin Lizzy, uh, how he revitalized Whitesnake, uh, the great work he's done with Blue Murder. I mean, uh, Tigers of Pantang. I mean, great great guitar player and what a way to like kickstart the album and introduce your new guitar player as well uh, amazing title track uh, this is them I think uh, you know Thin Lizzy you know I mean they started out in the, in the early 70s predated metal you know you know to an extent uh, but they were in the midst of the new wave of British heavy metal and they got a guitar player that comes from that era and, and, and man, he just puts them right there 
with the other bands. I think in this song, it's like, okay, you know, yeah, you know, you might know this song, you might know this. This is where we're at now. Bam, and and, and did a fucking great job. Great, great fucking title track. Great Thin Lizzy song. Love Thunder and Lightning. And then that leads into the next song, which is This Is The One. Another good, solid rocker. Um, stomping drums on this. I, I, I love the drums by Brian Downey on this. And, uh, you know, the... You know, the whole vibe of the song and the way the lyrics flow, you know, from Phil. Um Great, great, great song. Uh, different for for Thin Lizzy, but uh, man, what a fast-paced rocker! And uh, this album's up, you know, between this and the title track. What a great way to kickstart this album! And uh, man, everything's you know in high gear. I love it. What do you think of this? Is the one? Bro? I disagree. Horrible song. I'm really kidding. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you something. Uh, what you were saying, this is different from the Lizzie. That I disagree with because I feel like this song is the sister song of um, "Waiting for an Alibi." If you listen to really? that, yeah, it has that. I mean, I'm, I'm not really the chorus. The chorus is pretty, you know, it's different. But uh, the the verse has that kind of like little riff where the vocals come in, be- you know, between and during the riff and. It has that catchiness. I'll tell you, a band that totally ripped off that formula for one of their songs, if you are com- uh, familiar with Corrosion of Conformity's Clean My Wounds. You're, I love that. I love that song. That song takes right off This Is The One and Waiting For An Alibi. Listen to, the, to both those songs. Now listen to Clean My Wounds. It's pretty much, to me, a tribute to Thin Lizzy. Awesome, awesome song. This Is The One rules. I remember the first time I put on this album when I heard Thunder and Lightning. I was like, "Jesus, man, this is fucking awesome!" Because I was so into Motorhead, so into metal at the time. This was like what eighty three or eighty four. It was just the peak of my my like dedication to metal. I was already like maybe three to four years into metal, and just this was during the years that I would walk into record stores and buy albums just by the look of it. And I remember one of them was Spellbound from Tigers of Pang Tang that, yes. to me, it's like their best album and one of the best um, British uh, new wave of British heavy metal type bands. I highly recommend Spellbound. If you, if you find that, buy it. And uh, so, yeah, hearing this one-two punch, I was like, wow. And then it goes into the next track. And the sun goes down, which at the time I hated I didn't like it. I didn't get it because I was too too stubborn in my metal ways. And uh, it was just, uh, and you know, for many years, I would just, let me go to the next track. Because I just, it just like brought it all down to me. It became like too boring and mellow. And now that I've grown, I freaking love this freaking song. This song is awesome. I just didn't get it as a young metalhead, but... It is different, you know, It's uh, but it's very emotional in the lyrics. And it's kind of like eerie, too, thinking of... And I guess Phil was thinking about uh, ending Thin Lizzy at the time when he recorded this album, that this is kind of a song of him saying, you know, goodbye. You know, the sun goes down, it's all over. Uh, and little did he know, you know, this song also was uh, about his life because the sun was about to go down. 
a couple more years, uh, he was not going to survive his addictions, unfortunately. And I do miss Phil. I think he was an incredible, incredible uh, lyricist and musician. And uh thing about Phil Lineout that kind of like put him apart from a lot of people is that a lot of his songs were like a story, a beginning, middle, and ending. And uh, this song is kind of like that. It's kind of depressing. Uh, again, sore thumb after the first two rip-roaring tunes to go into this. was kind of weird. It's a bad placement on the album, if you ask me. I think this song would have been better either be in the last track or the second-to-last track and let, like, you know, Holy Wars and stuff like that, you know, proceed it. But, um... What do you think of Sun Goes Down, Ian? Okay, well, first of all, I'd like I'd like to answer back on what you said about uh, this is the one and uh, COC. And I, I've gotten drunk on more than one occasion with uh, with one Pepper James Keenan. And I would like to ask him about that. Next time I see him, I'm going to specifically ask him about, like, hey, did this song have any influence on that? Because uh, I, I, I know he loves him. I know, I know Kirk from Down and Crowbar loves him. And... That's that's a great point to bring up. Um, as far as this song, I'm kind of like you. Uh, on initial listening, and I'd say even after you know a, a few listens, it's still my least favorite song on the album. But uh, it it is a good it is a good song. You're absolutely right about the placement, though. This is one I would put towards the end because you start out so rip roaring, and then you go down. But then after this, it goes rip-roaring again and blah, blah, blah. And it should have been, the the placement is all wrong. This was, excuse me. This is also the first appearance of John Sykes. They played this live on the BBC before the album even came out. Uh, They played this uh, on TV. They did um, this song and two other older songs. First time they played live with John Sykes. And it was the last video, I mean, uh, the last single for the album. But it charted so low that the record label wouldn't allow them to uh, produce a video. So they started doing, making their own video that they were going to compile from uh, different live footage. But then once they saw themselves how bad the single did in the charts, they abandoned it. Uh, but it's still a great song. Uh but it just it, it, bad bad placement, and then next we go into Holy War, which is an okay song in my opinion. Not bad, not great. Um, I would consider it the filler track of the album, and, and and bad placement because you know okay first first of all, Sun Goes Down was bad placement, and then you put a filler song after it. I think really slows down the flow of the album. What do you think? I think you're a complete moron. This okay, is bye. the best song on the album. Oh, you're. Oh, you I are. I am fucked. not lying, you are dude. Fucked. No, oh my god. No, I think you need to open. I need. I think. Hey, hey, Ian. Q-tips are your friend, okay? You need Q-tips. <laughs> this song okay. is so awesome. Everything about it. Listen, listen to this song. That little riff in the beginning. And the lyrics, man, are so perfect. Probably the best lyrics this guy ever wrote, other than Angel of Death. Angel of Death, I would have to say, is the best lyric in Opium Trail. But this one, this song, the lyrics like, If you would adore me, bow before me, all this could be yours. 
I'm, I'm, I have fucking goosebumps right now just saying it. You're crazy, dude. This is not a fucking filler track. This is one of the greatest songs he ever wrote. And definitely amazing, amazing track. And by far, I'm not lying, best damn song on the album. Holy you, war, you, God damn it! You do not have goosebumps, son. That is the shakes because you need a drink. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I can't believe you think this is filler, dude. I mean, I know we disagree a lot, but this one is the most perplexing one I've ever heard you ever talk about. How this All is right. a filler tune. You're we nuts. Agreed. We agree to disagree. Oh, I hate that saying. When it, only okay. when, when we say it. I like to say okay. it to other people, but not you. Uh, <laughs> and then we go into what I consider like total metal traditional metal the riff the lyrics the solo oh my god and this is like john sykes you know uh that's this is where they really put him on the platform on this album what a great great song i'm talking about cold sweat maybe the most popular song uh the most covered song i know halloween covered it uh john norum covered it um no, not, no, I don't think John Norm. John Norm covered Opium Trail. I'm not sure if he did Cold Sweat. But I know a lot of people did cover Cold Sweat. Great, great song. The lyrics, uh, again, it's a story. Phil Lynott telling a story of a guy that's, you know, placing the bets and, you know, he's got his, like, you know, life on the line. And then that solo, to me, is, like, probably the greatest guitar solo that uh, John Sykes ever did. Along with Crying in the Rain by Whitesnake. That's another one of his best solos. But this this solo has everything. The shredding, the finger tapping, and the dive bombs. Oh, man. I love, love, love Cold Sweat. Second favorite track on the album. You, Ian? Uh, this is the best fucking song on the album. There's no doubt about it. This is the best song. The only song co-written by John Sykes. Um... All of the album besides this was written uh, prior to John Sykes joining the band. Most of the album was written with Phil Lynette and uh, their keyboard player at the time, Darren Wharton, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, but John Sykes joined the band. He said, hey, let me get a little something at least, you know, you know, to say, hey, I'm here. And God damn, what a way to make your fucking stamp. Uh, incredible, incredible track. Another... Uh, I don't know if you mentioned Megadeth. That's an incredible cover of this song. Um, probably the best cover Megadeth's ever done. Uh, but this is a great, great track. Uh, the producer kind of thought like, hey, maybe you shouldn't release this as a single because he thought it was way heavier than anything than Lizzie had ever did. So he was like, ah, you might scare off fans. And they're like... No, we're going to let them know this is Thin Lizzy now. You know, we're coming out the gates. And goddamn, you couldn't pick a better first single because it's the best song on the fucking album. I love, love, love Cold Sweat. And then that goes into the next song, which is Someday She's Going to Hit... Uh, I'm sorry. Someday She Is Going to Hit Back. Uh, I love this song. Love it. To me, this, this sounds like 70s Thin Lizzy. Uh, classic. I mean, I mean everything about this. Uh, it, it's almost like they've gone back five albums to me. Uh, 
because it's timeless, timeless to Lizzie. Uh, great lyrics, great guitar playing by both Scott Gorham and uh, John Sykes. I really, really love this song. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, I agree, man. What a great, great song. Uh, you can tell it was intended to be like kind of like a filler, but uh, like, I, like you know, this is one of those albums where the fillers kick ass, and this is a good example of it. Uh, and I, again, the subject matter is awesome. It's like, man, keep keep beating her, and she's gonna just one day, you know, fucking kick your ass or kill you. You know, it's an anti-abuse uh, song of hitting women, I believe. That's what I get out of it. And uh, it's a great tune, and that that goes into "Baby, Please Don't Go," which was uh, it was a staple live when uh, this album came out. They would play this live. I have a live version of it, um, uh, you know, on video. There is a couple shows on Thunder and Lightning that's available out there on YouTube that you can see. Um, great song again. I love the intro. I love I love more. This is kind of like a heavier version of "Still Loving You." Uh, I st- uh, from um, uh, nightlife is it? Yes, yes, yes. And and of course, live and dangerous. Uh, this is kind of like part two to it, but uh, like uh, kind of like with uh, you know a little little more balls to it. It's more heavy. It's not really a ballad, but you know it's it, the subject matter is very ballady. Uh, Baby, please don't go. Is a great song. It's a, it's a, not one of my favorites though, but. I think it's a really cool song, and to me, it's more—I don't know—music-wise, I, I, I appreciate it more than the subject matter. But then again, I'm a slut. You, Ian, what do you think? Uh, well, I, I do love this song, and I, I think once again, this is a classic Thin Lizzy. I mean, this this way to. There's so much shit in this album that keeps it contemporary, but at the same time, there's a lot of songs that keep it within the classic realm of Thin Lizzy. But no way in fuck is it near to Still in Love With You, which I think is, uh, in my opinion, the greatest song they ever recorded. I don't think they have any song better than Still in Love With You. But this is a this is a good song, and it has an incredible guitar solo. I really... I, I, I'm not quite sure. I don't know if this is John Sykes or Scott Gorham, so I can't say for sure. But whoever does the solo on this is fucking amazing. Uh, Really, really love the solo on this. Uh, And then we go into Bad Habits, which is, again, to me, this just goes more classic fucking than Lizzie. I I love how they've upped the ante a little bit guitar-wise, but songwriting-wise, it's still very classic Thin Lizzy. And uh, this is a great song about some some unruly nuns who are bad habits. And uh, it's a lot of fun. What do you think, Ralph? Is that what it's about? It's about nuns? I'm just joking because it's oh. bad habits. <laughs> uh, oh, again, probably my third favorite off the album. Uh, what a fun song. This song is kind of like, in a way, pre-hair metal, but done right. Um, it has all the elements of, like, just fun and sluttiness. It's Phil talking about groupies, I think. That's how I get off it. Like, you know, this chick's got bad habits. It's like, you know, fucking a freak. My type of song, man. I love bad habits. Great, great song. And that goes into the final track on the album called Heart Attack. 
which again is very eerie to end the album with a song called Heart Attack, even though he didn't die of a heart attack. He kind of, I think his heart did stop though. But uh, oh man, this again, this is like one of my favorites on here too. Uh, probably not uh, talked about as much. I don't think they played it live. They might have. Um, great, great song, Heart Attack. Heart Attack. I love my girl, but she don't love me back. Kind of a, a depressing, but yet heavy tune. What do you think of Heart Attack, Ian? I love Heart Attack. I, I think it's a fantastic way to end the album. I think it's, it's a it's great Ben Lizzie song. Uh, I, I mean, this, this is just a very, very solid album that I've really enjoyed. I just came into this, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. I've had this album forever, and I knew songs off of it, but... To it, uh, I just started doing it last week, but I listened to it a shitload of times, and and really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I mean, this to me, this is a really fun, really good Thin Lizzy album. And uh, Heart Attack is a great way to to end their studio recording. Um, not a bad thing to say. I'm, I miss Phil Lynette. I, I an incredible. To me, he's a poet. I mean, he just has. Incredible lyrics, a great storyteller, something that's sorely missing from uh, modern rock. And uh, I, I wish, I hope there's a new Phil Annette that would come along soon because uh, we need more. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, uh, well, I already talked about Hard Attack. I want to talk about another track. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this. Have you ever heard a song? It's not a Thin Lizzy song, it's actually. John Sykes and Phil Lynott released it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Please Don't Leave Me This Way. Love it. That is such a beautiful, beautiful song. Very catchy. That song can get stuck in your head. Uh, Love. That is if you, you know, if you're not like one of these, like, you know, people like I was like in the early 80s that if it ain't metal, I don't care. You know, if you do like a little bit of uh, emotional stuff in your music, I highly recommend you look it up. There is actually a video for it. Or... It, it, it actually, uh, n- not to cut you off, but it, to me, it's very Gary Moorish. Yeah. I, uh, but but I mean I mean I mean John Sykes. It's it's one of. I mean, if you see John Sykes live, he's gonna play this song. Uh, you know, but but to me, it's like, uh, you know, like Ralph. I, I totally give you credit for turning me on to more Gary Moore, and 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 Corridors of Power. But it, it's very much. That vein of, of, of guitar, blues, rock. Just a great, great, beautiful song. Beautiful song. And John Sykes did it uh, on a solo album. Phil Annette put it on one of his solo albums. I mean, it's just a, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Yes, I agree. And uh, there was even another song, and I, I'm really ashamed to say I can't remember now the name of it, but there is another song that uh, they did together. Where it's like, wow, man, what a shredding guitar solo, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm sorry I can't remember the name of that song. But you know, ba- baby, please uh, don't leave me this way is the better of the two. Um, they might have done more, I don't know. But those two songs uh, were released as singles, I guess. And uh, yeah, look into it. And I also want to uh, talk about one song that you brought up earlier, which I love, love, love from a compilation you bought song called Dedication. Great song. Yeah, which is on, um, there's a video for it, and uh, it's a greatest hit type thing. 
cool greatest hits. I mean, they kept there was no thunder lightning on it, but but still, I mean, it had some great songs from their past. Dedication was a song he wrote with a band called Grand Slam. That I'm not 100% sure if anything was released, but I do have some uh, live recordings of Glam Slam somewhere. Yeah, they, they never they never released an album. They never did, but they did play. I'm sure uh, that recording was from Glam Slam, which was later done by, was it Robinson? I believe Robinson, uh, Gorham, and Downey got together and put the music to it. But that studio recording, Phil did in the band Grand Slam, but... So Thin Lizzy. And actually, that that song, you know, recorded after he died, I would definitely put in my top 10 Thin Lizzy songs because it's just so such a beautiful so- song. You can tell Live Aid was very influential in that song because, you know, he's talking about feeding the world in Ethiopia. And Phil was very good friends with uh, Bob Geldof. So I'm sure yes. that, that had a lot to do with it. And uh, I recommend... Um, uh, dedication. Now, as far as my favorite Thin Lizzy albums, uh, I love them all. The only one I have a problem with is Chinatown. I can't get into that album for some reason. I did like Sugar Blues. I like Killer on the Loose and Chinatown somewhat. They're okay songs. Sugar Blues to me is a sign-out track. The rest of the album I just can't get into. And my favorite uh, Thin Lizzy album is Black Rose. That album to me from beginning to end I love. Even Sarah, which I didn't initially love. Uh, Sarah does still in a little dated, very 80s type thing, but I, I love the hell out of that album. One of my favorite guitar players is Gary Moore, and that's where he really shines. Uh, well, he shines on a lot of stuff, but boy, the, to me, that's the greatest guitar playing on all Thin Lizzy albums is Gary Moore. He's just, the guy's a freak. He's a freak of nature, and I miss him. I wish I could have seen him live. I almost got to see Thin Lizzy live on this tour. The Black Rose Tour. It was 1979. They were opening for Journey at the Miami Highlight, which is not far from where I lived at the time. Me and my friend were going to the show. Everything was planned. We were going to go, but in the daytime, we ended up going to the beach. And while we were at the (laughs) beach, I don't remember what happened, but my friend pissed off his dad so much that his dad said, now you guys ain't going to the show. We were that close to see Thin Lizzy with Gary Moore. How heartbreaking is that? So, um, but you know, and, and another album I absolutely love is Bad Reputation, Nightlife, Fighting, the first two with Eric Bell. Um, all of them are good. I love them. I love Renegade. Renegade's not really talked about a lot, but one of my favorite songs and my favorite lyrics are Angel of Death. I love The Pressure Will Blow, Hollywood, Mexican Blood, the title track. Uh, leave this town. Great, great song. Great, great album. Uh, Renegade with uh, Snowy White, and uh, I believe that one came after Chinatown. It was superior. Yes. Yeah, it was superior. A lot of people would probably say Chinatown's better. I really disagree with that. And um, what can I say, man? All hail Thin Lizzy. Rest in peace, Phil Inot and uh, Gary Moore. Uh, both extremely talented people from Ireland. And uh, sucks that they're no longer around. And sucks I never got to see either of them live. Um, you have any closing statement about Thin Lizzy there, Ian? Uh, yeah, I'd just like to talk about the album. 
Uh, it was released in in March of 1983, and uh, this was the first one after the departure of Snowy White, uh, which I never felt. I, I don't think he ever fit the band. But an interesting thing for our listeners. We're going to do a Christmas episode, and we have a guest on the Christmas episode who worked with Snowy White, who might have some, uh, you know, some insight into how he was as a guitar player, but you're going to have to wait for Christmas to hear that. But uh, the album was largely written with Darren Wharton, their keyboard player at the time. Uh, you know, once John Sykes came in, they wrote Cold Sweat. And uh, Phil was very, you know... He, he was very happy about John Sykes coming into the band, thought it rejuvenated him. But at, by that point, Brian Downey and Scott Gorham were like, they were so strung out and tired of dealing with not only their addictions, but, but Phil's addictions. They're like, no, this is going to be the last tour. Um, so they build it as a farewell tour. They record an album called Life uh, on that tour, you know, and unfortunately, you know, Phil, they, they went their separate ways after that. Phil died in 86. But uh, this is a great album produced by Chris. Uh, I know I'm pronouncing this wrong. Tangeris. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Tangeri. You know, he, he did some production for Sabbath, uh, Judas Priest, Gary Moore. And he's, uh, in the, he's in the Anvil movie producing yes. that album at the moment. Yes. Uh, uh, he's produced some great albums in my opinion uh, but uh, I, I really love this album uh, I would have loved to have seen another another album from this lineup because I think it only would have got stronger uh, I, I love Thin Lizzy now and I know as time goes on I'm going to love him even more uh, because the more I listen every time I listen to Thin Lizzy the more I listen to it the more I get into it uh, you know, if I go into the albums now, I love the first three with Eric Bell. I think that's a that's a unique era. You know, Thin Lizzy, Shades of a Lou Orphanage, Vagabonds of the Western World are great. Uh, Nightlife is one of my favorites. I love Nightlife. I love Fighting. Of course, Jailbreak. John and the Fox, I haven't warmed up to. Ralph loves it. So I'm, I'm sure probably later I'll get into it. Bad Reputation, I love right out the gate. Black Rose, oddly enough, a lot of people love. I haven't got into that one yet, especially the title track. Everybody seems to love. Myself, I'm a self-hating Irishman. I help, I hate Irish Celtic music, so maybe that's why uh, that album hasn't got to me yet. Uh, Axl Rose, oddly enough, has has the rose from the album cover tattooed on his arm. He loved that album so much. Uh, but it hasn't got me yet. Chinatown, uh, a couple songs here and there. Renegade didn't really catch me either. But Rao talks so good of it, makes me want to go back and listen to it again. Maybe there's something I fucking missed. But uh, as far as their last album, the last proper studio, Thunder and Lightning, what a way uh, to go out. Because this is a great, great album by a great band. Uh, I love it, and I encourage all our listeners to go and check out Thin Lizzy because uh, it's just incredible. It's it's not heavy, heavy, you know, and it's not fucking necessarily metal. It's just good rock and roll and some incredible lyrics by 
uh, what I consider to be a great poet. I mean, a great storyteller in Phil Lynette. Uh, love it. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, I, I would like to touch upon Johnny the Fox for a second. That is, I love that album. And it has, like, probably my favorite uh, St. Lizzie ballad, uh, Borderline. Oh, my God, what a great, great song. There's a documentary I have of Phil Lynott where it shows him singing Borderline, like sitting on a stool alone, singing Borderline, where I can't find that whole clip nowhere on YouTube. I don't know where that's from, but I think the, the documentary is called The Rocker, which I'm sure is on YouTube. You can watch it. I mean, it's very sad. It starts with his funeral and his gravesite. And uh, his mother, who loved the hell out of him, um, you know, his mother uh, had uh, conceived him with a black man that was, I believe, in the military. And, she, you know, she raised this little black boy in Ireland around a bunch of white people. And they did suffer a little bit of a racist, uh, you know, upbringing. But Phil, like, defied all the odds, man. And he became, like, the most famous person in Ireland, you know, from all those, you know, uh, acts as far as, like, uh, I can't think of any act, I mean, until U2 came around that was as popular as Stin Lizzy, uh, and he was, like, this black guy in Ireland that was just so talented, man. He, there was just no way that guy wouldn't, like, become famous. I, and another thing, this is, like, far from metal, but there's a song he did that I love so much, and he made a video for it. It's called Old Town. It's, um, I don't know, have you heard that song, Ian, called Old Town? Uh, right, right, right now I'm drunk and I can't. No, I can't no, no, it. you haven't heard it because you'd remember. Old Town is a fucking awesome song. It is not a metal song. But look it up on YouTube. He made a video for it. He's walking around Ireland singing this song, Old Town. It's, again, I'm getting chills thinking about that damn song. Uh, great, great song, and uh, the song like it's just about a guy that's uh, you know like going crazy because he you know he's no longer with his chick. Lines like this boy is cracking up. This boy, you know, it's it's a great, great song. I highly recommend it. And and you know look into solo in Soho if you want to hear some uh, Phil do different types of music. He had uh, that one, and uh, I know there was another one. I'm sorry, I'm having a brain fart now. We had a couple solo albums that I think were good, uh, but not as good as the Thin Lizzy stuff. Thin Lizzy was more rock and roll, hard rock, great stuff. And uh, you also talked about Life, which I think is a great, great live album. I really love the version of uh, Got to Give It Up on the Life album where he does his little speech in the beginning of Alcohol. And also when they do Black Rose, they brought out everybody. Gary Moore, John Sykes, Gorham. Robertson, even Eric Bell, they all got together on stage and just ripped through that damn song. Uh, highly recommend the album Life. Alive and Dangerous, I would say, is better, but I hate saying that too because they're, that, other, that other live album is so good. They're, they released a live album maybe like five, six years ago called Still Dangerous that was live from the Tower thing in Philadelphia. In Philad yeah, Philadelphia. Great live album too. That's another great... They have a lot of good live stuff. There's a BBC one where there's a song on there called The Life and Death of a Blues Singer, something like that. Awesome, awesome song. I highly recommend Look Into Alton Lizzie. Um, great, great band. I love them. And now, Ian, it's time for Pick of the Week. What do you got for us this week? All right. I got a couple picks of the week. 
Uh, and once again, you know, this is the Rock and Metal Podcast. I got one that's more rock. I got one that's more metal. But one that's more rock is by one of my favorite, favorite bands of all time, Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, and the album is called Secret Treaties. It is their third album, and it's amazing. Um, you know, a lot of people have called the first three albums of Blue Oyster Cult the black and white period because all the album covers are black and white. And uh, this is just an amazing, amazing album. A lot of people, you know, you know, don't fear the Reaper, you know, Godzilla, or fucking uh, God. What, what was uh, what was the other one? Uh, Burning for you. Yeah, burning for you. Uh, but this is a band that's way more than those fucking songs. And Secret Treaties is just an amazing, amazing album. Uh, released in 1973, I believe, or 74. Anyway, just check it out. Check it out. Uh, I Everybody should buy it, but if, you know, you don't know, go, go on YouTube. Check out a couple songs from this album. I think you'll be amazed. It's a great, great, psychedelic, heavy metal record. Uh, incredible. Uh, and for my heavier pick for the week is a band that we've talked about earlier. We've done a review on Motorhead. And this is the 19, I believe, 96 classic Sacrifice. I love, love this album. Uh, amazing. You know, some purist will only accept... You know, the, the Fast Eddie Clark, uh, Filthy Animal Taylor lineup. But this is why you should fucking ignore that shit and embrace the fucking Mickey D and Phil Campbell lineup because this is them going back to being a three-piece and one of the heaviest, heaviest fucking albums they ever did. Just listen to goddamn fucking double bass drumming on the title track, uh, Sacrifice. An amazing, amazing Motorhead album. Um, that I don't think gets enough credit. But check out Blue Oyster Cult, Secret Treaties, and Motorhead's Sacrifice. What do you got for us, Ralph? i like to add that Motorhead's maybe even my favorite video or one of my top five favorite music videos ever is Sacrifice. That Incredible video. video. That video is so awesome. It's got everything. And it's like Lemmy's just such a badass holding a decapitated head at one point. Has a bloody kiss on his face, uh, and all that tort, you know, like all that historic footage of Hitler and Stalin and like death, and it's just oh my god, what? Yeah, I highly recommend Sacrifice. To me, that's the best of the later Motorhead albums, and all later Motorhead albums rule, with the exception of Snakebite Love. And um, my, and pick, I like that. You like that? I didn't like that I, album. I, I, I do. I like the I title do. track. I thought it was funny. There's only two Motorheads I, I don't like, really. And that would be... Uh, and there's still songs I like, but 1916 and uh, and Overnight Sensation. Well, no, 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 no. no. I love that album, man. Yeah, no, I like Overnight Sensation. Uh, is it Bastards? What was I after love, that? Uh, yeah, no, March, no. March I, I, or I'm, Die. I'm, yeah, March or Die in 1916, I really don't care for. Everything else I love. I love 1916. I think it's a great, great album. It is a I don't like that. I don't like the production. It's a little, it's a little more uh, safe than usual Motorheads, but man, uh, I'm so bad, baby. I don't care. Uh, no voices uh, in the sky. No voices in the sky is great. Uh, Nightmare, Dreamtime, uh, Ramones. 
And a great, great song that isn't on the album is a B-side called Eagle Rock, which is badass. Check out that song. Um, my pick of the week is actually a song. Can I do that? Just a song? You can do anything you want. This that's is the right. Rock and yeah, Combat right. Podcast. It's our damn podcast. I'm just, <laughs> just going to like recommend a song this week. One song. That's it. Actually, I'm going to recommend two things. One, okay. All right. The first thing I want to recommend is a song that was not released on the two historic debut uh, first albums by Ozzy Osbourne. Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Madman did not have this song. The only way you can hear this song is it was released on an EP called Mr. Crowley Live. Yes. Um, it They released a box set, which even has Looking Through You, Looking Through Me, the B-side. But they don't add this song. And this song, to me, is just as good as every song on both those albums. And I would even go as far to say it's better than Looking Through You, Looking At Me. The song is called You Said It All. This song is so awesome. It was not recorded live. That's just, um, you know, like uh, crowd noise to it. But if you listen to it, it does sound very live. Like they recorded it live. It has like they recorded it in an arena. It has that echoey vibe to it. Amazing song. Uh, you said it all. Bob Daisley claims that he wrote the lyrics and uh, to the song while Ozzy was asleep. Uh, under the stage, that's what he said. But who knows? Bob Daisley. I question a lot of his stuff, but that's that's a whole different episode. We should talk about Bob Daisley. Bob Daisley's a saint. All right, good. So you're like you're like a Bob Daisley nutswinger. That oh yes, he says. Well, I got oh, yes. something to dispel that, and we'll do that okay. on a future episode. We'll do that next week. How about that, Ian? Let's talk about right. Bob Daisley next week. Let's talk All about right. Blizzard and Diary. How's that? Okay. All right. But well, so my pick of the week this week is the song "You Said It All" from Ozzy Osbourne. What an amazing guitar solo! But shit, do you expect anything less from Randy Rhodes? He does such a great guitar solo on this song. Song is extremely catchy. Great vocals and bass and drums and like that original Blizzard was magical, man. And this song. It's pure magic, so I highly recommend You Said It All from The Blizzard of Oz or Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, the Mr. Crowley EP, which also contains uh, Suicide Solution, which uh, unfortunately fades out at the end, so you don't get to hear Randy do his amazing guitar solo. And Mr. Crowley, obviously. I highly recommend it. I have it on picture disc. I think that's the only way you could get it, is on picture disc. And uh, another pick I want to do is a band called Roar. I don't know <laughs> if I'm pronouncing it right. They're from New York. Now, how you spell it, spell it is R-O-A-R-G-H. And the O has umlauts, like uh, Motorhead. Um, great album. This is uh, seven tracks. It's, uh, the name of the album is called Second Helpings. And... Um, I want to play a song off it. it. This song is called Fast Food Run. Now, um, these guys were nice enough to have me sing on this song. Uh, I come in somewhere in the middle. And uh, I'll tell you something ironic about this song. was I recorded this song about a week before I ended up going to the hospital for eating bad food. <laughs> the, the irony, huh? So, like, my pancreas got all fucked up because I was abusing myself too much. There was other things involved, but 
Uh, bad food was a big, um, you know, I used to go to Denny's at 3 in the morning and buy a big I love Denny's. Uh, who doesn't? Uh, Moods I, over my hammy. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, that, it's always embarrassing asking for that one, right? I love it. And the super bird. The super, <laughs> yeah, the super bird is another good one. And uh, a country steak uh, meal. Anyway, I used to work at a Denny's. Oh really? Oh, you were yes. you a, were you a cook? No, well, actually, I quit because they wouldn't hire me as a cook. I started out as a busboy, and uh, and I wanted to get promoted to cook, but they're like, "You're a fucking idiot," you know. And I was like, "Yeah, but cooks make more money," and oh, I quit. Damn. Well, there you go. Another interesting Ian fact. Um, he worked at Denny's. Well, I was at Denny's yesterday, and you know. Uh, for us diabetics, there is a, a diabetic menu now at Denny's, so uh, you can do that. And by the way, I like to I like to proudly say that I am diabetic, and uh, well, not that I'm proud of it, but uh, I had to inject myself in the stomach two times a day, no, three times a day. But I haven't done it in over two months and a half because my sugar has been behaving itself. Yay! Look, I'm I'm patting myself on the back now. Yeah, you and Brett Michaels. Way to go. No, no, don't. No, no, no. no. I have nothing to do with that guy, man. He, he, he got diabetes from sucking cock. Oh, oh, shit. That gives you diabetes? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, it does, because he sucked that sweet cock. Oops. <laughs> For me, it was Denny's. Anyway, so, yeah. That's why Denny's has a diabetic menu. Anybody out there with diabetes, look, I'm plugging Denny's. Uh, anyway, so here it is. Uh, I come in somewhere in the middle. This song, you can tell, is kind of very influenced by Slayer. And again, I want to thank these guys for having me on the album. I'm very be- proud to be part of this track. And just keep in mind, I was singing this shit, and it was very sincere, because everything I say in this song is exactly what I was like before I got admitted to the hospital. Now I can't do any of this stuff, but hey, good thing I sang this back then, because if I was to sing this now, I'd be a poser, because I don't eat like, you know... There's a there's a line in it that offer me a salad. No thanks. So you know, and that's all I eat now is salads and vegetables and shit. Anyway, enough of my jibber jabber. Here it is. This is fast food run from the New York band called Roar.
that was war with Fat Food Run. And uh, I want to thank everybody for listening this week. Uh, Ian's going to give you the 411. Go give him. Give it to him, Ian. All right. As always, there are many ways to enjoy the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. You can come on Podbean. You can go to iTunes. You can come on to YouTube, uh, you know, Facebook. Get in touch with us. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, you know, uh, I, I've got a lot of people writing in saying, God damn it, they're so glad that fucking Terrence is gone. And, and you know what? You get a free coupon for every uh, Terrence is gone comment. Uh, for, for what, I have no idea. But uh, God damn it. Keep in touch with us. Let us know how we're doing. Positive or bad. You know, we don't delete any fucking comments. Uh, we relish fucking uh, a critique. You know, let, let us know what you, how you think we can do better. Because maybe we'll change. Probably we won't, but maybe we will. But thank you for listening. Uh, we are an incredible success. And uh, it's, it's all thanks to the fans. And we're glad you're enjoying this. And each and every Sunday... Come back for another great, thrilling episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. Tune in next week. We're going to have the the first two Aussie albums, and uh, we're going to go back and forth on Mr. Bob Daisley, the victim. Um, and uh, thanks again. The every- creator. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, again, I want to thank everybody for listening in. And... Um, I'll see you guys next week. And oh, and also thank you so much, everybody. I do not take this for granted. I'm very humbled by the number of people that do tune in and listen to us. Thank you all. And uh, I love you all, man. So uh, I bid you a fondue. Shazabat Naru Naru. Later. <laughs>